Hello and welcome back to the Sheffield Gaming Podcast, the show that is designed to bring together all those who play, work, live and love games in this lovely city of ours. Every show is designed to let you know all about what's going on in games, in Sheffield, and most importantly, in games and Sheffield at the same time. Hello listeners, it's me, Matt. This week on the show we had the pleasure of welcoming a pioneer of gaming in Sheffield, Jim, co-owner and founder of Patriot Games, Sheffield's longest-serving FLGS, or Friendly Local Game Store to you and me. It's been around in Sheffield for almost as long as I have, some 30 years. Well, as things sometimes go, we had a bit of a technical hiccup with the recording and a lot of really good talk about Jim, Patriot and Sheffield Gaming history was sadly lost. However, we didn't want to leave you without updates on the goings-on in Sheffield Gaming, so... Uh, what follows is some of the podcasts we did get. We talk with Jim in this about uh, games that make you feel cosy in this uh, cold weather, uh, recapped the awesome events that we attended in September, and looked forward to a spooky October with a load of events coming up. Given that it's going to start in the middle of a conversation, there's not much lead in. Um, but I do hope you enjoy what's there, and uh, you can bet we'll be inviting Jim back onto the show so we can find out all about one of the biggest pillars in Sheffield's gaming community. So, without further ado, please enjoy the Sheffield Gaming Podcast for October 2022. Right, I mentioned earlier, it is getting a bit chillier yes it it? like the nights are getting colder it's getting darker so much sooner than than i think i ever expected as well like i'm expecting it will still be light at 8 p.m and it's just absolutely not um but it's it's kind of nice in some way because it feels like it's that time to curl up with a nice cup of tea Mm -hmm. um or cup of coffee or Mm -hmm. whatever it is hot drink that you drink hot chunk yeah i'm ready for that yeah 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 in front (laughs) in front front, front of the fire if you have a fire if not in front of the radiator i guess screen saver of a fire Place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but and it's it's that's that kind of perfect kind of time of year to kind of settle in, um, whether it's with a group of friends uh, or on your own and play a nice fun game. So what I wanted to ask everybody around the room is what is what is your cozy game recommendation? So that when people are kind of at home and it's a little bit cold, what can they snuggle up with, um, whether it's with friends or on your own? Who wants to go first? Connie, you have to go first because you never go first. I never ah. go first. You never go first. The reason I don't go first, Matt, is because I don't have... The, you asked the question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't have any answers. I'll go first. And I have to wait for somebody else to go first. <laughs> I'll start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay, it would sound a bit rude if you do that, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Do you have a cosy game? Do you have... If it is... is I can't remember the last time I was snowed in, but do you... You know that yeah, feeling? Yeah, yeah. That feeling where you know you can't do anything. There's nothing to do but game does that well, that ever happen i'd like it to with, with, uh, with social media now no because i've do you know instagram for hours i i buy games with the dream that that would be the case 
every every Euro board game I own, I own because just in case I'm in a log cabin and I am snowed in and I've got two friends, two three friends, and also like it's impo- it's an impossible dream, but I own those games anyway. <laughs> oh no, our batteries have run out. Well, good job. I've got escape from cold it. Right. <laughs> That's. Uh... I've got this game about farming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So I think my game then recommendation so it's not necessarily the one i'd actually recommend um playing the cozy games um but it's definitely the one that when i think about kind of you know those kind of cold wintry or, or, or chillier nights um i really like to play frustration right frustration. the most basic yeah the ludo game right wow, with the popping okay. the popping okay. ball right just because i think i've played that a lot in kind of like these cozy nights when everybody's just kind of cuddled up and squeezing around a table mm. um, playing a game. now i am terrible at frustration i get very frustrated um, <laughs> and there have been multiple stories of me um tipping boards over and throwing <laughs> things around um wow. but like it's the reason i do it is because i get very invested in the game with the people around me and I feel that kind of connection with them I suppose mm-hmm. when it's extra cosy and that's what I'm looking for in a cosy game I'm looking for something that can kind of either kind of settle me um, into in, in, into an evening or just kind of bring me closer and um, with, with the people I'm playing with yeah I think that's I think that might actually be the board game ideal for me I think I think that might be why board games tick a lot of boxes for a lot of people in different ways but if it changes the way you uh, connect with the people on the other side of the board that is uh, usually for me that's through changing the conversation or or, or augmenting conversation in some way Hmm. Um, but the but also it can be simply we have our primary minds on something we don't have to silences are filled Um, we don't have to worry about awkwardness or um you know uh yeah that feeling yeah you know i know what you mean yeah it was when everyone's just kind of in sync like nobody's ex- yeah 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 nobody's expecting anything to anyone to lead a, a conversation it's just happening around this central artifact that you're looking at and the reason frustration does that for me right is because everybody hates frustration right? <laughs> no, no, you do. and you hate it when you're popping the thing in the middle and you're not getting a six or you're not getting out of your home and everyone's just going around the table everyone's equally mad at the popping thing <laughs> um, and that's I think that's that's what it is it, like, it a gets, common it, enemy yeah it's yeah. a common enemy probably not the best choice for cozy game for me to be honest uh, Jade move over to you what, what, what's your, your cozy game recommendation um, so I don't know if other people find it cozy like I do but I'm really enjoying these sort of dystopian point and click games that are like set really far in the future and everything's kind of gone really technological and terrible um, <laughs> so not that far in the future really but, oh, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I'm just doing a bit of research really but um, yeah I quite like it because I kind of like the pixel rain for a start and all these games is they're always raining mm. if it's like there's no sun in, in the future yeah, uh, which no, is yeah. probably true yeah. Um, so yeah I've been well, really enjoying a lot of sun and it's too hot yeah just sun yes yeah yeah so <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so games like Gemini Rue I've been really enjoying. It's again, it's silly little point and clicks, but that's that's all I do. Um, <laughs> Techno Babylon, um, Resonance is a really good game, mm-hmm. and um, Kathy Rain as well. Just like smaller games, they don't cost very much, and you'll find that some of them last like way longer than you're expecting. So you might be thinking this is a three or four hour game because I've paid like the same amount of pounds. But mm. it turns out that, you, you know, it's quite complicated and it gets quite deep. And mm. I really enjoy storytelling more in the winter. And I think I read more in the winter as well. Yeah. 
so it's nice to to settle in with like another life almost yeah so it's not not cozy in a traditional way but in the way that it does take my mind like quite far away from where it is like yeah. just day to day it's nice to have a good book especially when you when you like and, and that's it's similar right you're being taken into a narrative um, yeah, absolutely. I feel cosier now after that description. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, so, you know, I'm still good. stuck on Pixel Rain. You're right. I love Pixel and, it, and the sound it makes as well. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the, like, the foley is for. It's, it's the bit crushed sound of like, you know, the, the water hitting it. It's, it's good. You're it's, right. It's I, I, I am imagining it in my head right now. <laughs> and it is it is making me feel cosier. Play Gemini Rue. It's just all rain. <laughs> <laughs> You've sold. Okay. sold. Jim, have you, do you have a cosy game that might spring to mind at all? I'm not sure really. I I, uh, I think narrative games are great anyway, but uh, for many years I had a tradition with my friends where we would role play on New Year's Day, and that kind of although the topic may not have been cosy because it's a role play game and it varies, mm-hmm. that that was a nice you know with friends spending the day yeah. just making stuff up and and, <laughs> and enjoying it. So yeah, I, I think I think narrative games work well for for cosy. Anything that gets people interacting and talking. Mm. Uh, my family love to play Times Up at Christmas, so we tend to play that a lot. And that, because it's played at Christmas, that has that cosy feeling because yeah. of the time of year. Yeah. So, um, and if you don't know Times Up, you should. It's a fun game. The first round is a bit like you would see on Question of Sport, where you've got <laughs> to try and get the person to say the thing that you've got on the card yeah. by describing them without saying it. Mm. And the second round, you get the same cards again, but you're only allowed to use one word. And then the third round, you have to mime it with oh, no words. Oh, great. Right. Yeah. And then if you're an expert, there is a fourth round, but that's where you strike a pose. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like top level uh, and very oh, hard to pull off. But it usually ends up with lots of laughing and because by then everyone's had a few Christmas drinks. So. Yeah. yeah. You really need to be in sync then. If you can just start by a look, just a look. Oh, yes, you mean pizza. <laughs> For me, cozy... Uh, I have two. I have two things, right? There's there's two modes for me with cozy. Mm-hmm. There's cozy with other people, and there's cozy, and it's just me. Because at Christmas uh, and in the winter time, you know, you can be cooped up with people, and sometimes I'll just need to go. Uh, I I get peopled out, and I just I just don't I don't want to be around people. Um, and I want to get a blanket, and I want to sit under it, and I will pull a hood up, mm-hmm. and I'll get a, I'll, I'll have the whole the layer, right? You know, the sort of uh, hoodie um, hoodie dressing gown. Um, uh, and then big blanket. socks you know yeah exactly yeah. you just absolutely surround yourself in cloth um, <laughs> and uh, and I'll, I, what I'll do is I'll play um, classic RPGs uh, yeah. like Baldur's Gate or um, more Pillars of Eternity or more recently um, stuff with again the narrative it's like reading a book mm-hmm. um, except I'm completely in a different world and it's um, I don't have to talk, think about anything um, and, or anyone else I'm just completely engaged in this sort of and I think it might be similar to the to the role playing on New Year's thing it's just like this this uh, it's a place I feel comfortable like a fantasy space or a, or, or a new world yeah. that I feel comfortable in um, but my the thing I always think of if people call if people say a cosy game what do you want to what do you want to sit down with um, in when it's cold outside and you've got hot cups of you know chai latte or, or you know hot chocolate it's, ex, it's a game called Ex Libris. Um, it is a game, um, it's a board game uh, about libraries. Mm-hmm. Um, your job is to build a fantasy library um, by going to this little village 
where they have bookshops uh, and, and booksellers uh, or a junkyard that you've got to rifle through or uh, you, various different ways of sourcing these books. And it's a worker placement game, which means you, you're sort of like taking it in turns to send someone out to go and get those books for you. Mm -hmm. um, I love it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and when they get back, what you're doing is you're trying to shelf the books uh, in because you're you're not a, you're not a book hunter, but you have people to do that for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what you're doing, your job is the, as a librarian. Your job is to put the books in order. Ooh. And so you have um, these sections. The game is full of these books, um, these big sections of books, and it, it it will be like A to Z, cards A to Z. But A will have ten cards. B will have eight cards and it will say so for instance if you get a single card it'll say you have card j3 what that means is when you put that card in the shelf it's not moving because you've already put it in mm -hmm. if you then have k10 it means that you can't shelf in between those you can't move those so if you put them together you can't have J four five six seven eight nine or K one two three four five six seven eight nine. This, this, this is actual like library mechanics. Exactly, right? you're but doing a, a puzzle. You're doing uh, a little. You're, what you're doing is a little puzzle. What you're doing is sorting through a pile of things you have. Mm -hmm. I like it. Um, but uh, in the meantime, you're sending people out. And you, uh, by the way, I, I, I buried the lead here because you can be. You can. You are. You're either playing as a bookworm, the abominable snowman, a mummy. A gelatinous cube. Oh, wow, okay. Those are the kind of uh, librarians you're going to be. <laughs> um, uh, and you, while you're doing your little puzzle, you're sending people out to go go to these these like book fairs and things like that. And every single one of them, all the art is really nicely side lit. It's got this low orange light from low lamps, fireplaces, and and sunsets. Mm -hmm. And every single card just makes you feel cosier and cosier. Like, all you need to do is curl it with a book in whatever location you're in. It's, just, it's the closest thing to a seasonal game I know. It's like, this is a real autumn. Yeah. You know, if, if people are asking for a game, like, yeah, I think if you're going to go for a, a worker placement game around this time of year, it's a bit of an autumn game. Whereas, you know, you might, <laughs> you might during winter, you might go for something like Feast for Odin. Or uh, during summer, you might think, uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll go for Agricola. It's about, like, you know, harvesting and stuff. Mm. Um, but, uh, but, you know, or viticulture, you might go for. But right here in autumn, as the days are getting shorter, Check out Ex Libris. We've got we've got it in the cafe, nice. so just come, come play. This this is like I use this time when Matt's kind of like talking about his games to think about what game I want to say. Sure, just Matt to go first. Matt asked me to go first. I said frustration, and Matt like said like this incredibly like autumnal game about librarians. I um, I have a challenge every month um, for myself, which is to mention a game and describe a game that makes um, Connor and Jay go what. <laughs> I like the sound of that one. Like, that sounds like admin, and yes. I like admin. It's like... cool. It's really the board good. game. <laughs> yeah. nice. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you all for your recommendations, everyone. Uh, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to talk about all the exciting <laughs> things that have happened in Sheffield in the last month, and the even more exciting things that are going to happen next month. Okay, so uh, when we were planning this podcast, uh, we decided to, uh, myself, uh, Matt and, and Jade, we decided to get together um, last week, didn't we? And we went <laughs> over to Meltdown. We did. We checked out. So the last month in September, Meltdown uh, opened their new space. 
um, over at Mel Danny Sports Bar, which is basically double, seems like it's doubled the bar in size, right? Yeah, yeah. it's huge. It's enormous. Yeah, so obviously uh, you might have might heard, heard of uh, Mel Danny Sports Bar. It's a place where you can go, have a few drinks, have a few um, video game themed drinks, and kind of you can get a jump on their PCs or you can jump on some of their consoles and play some kind of competitive games with your mates. Um, and it, yeah, it kind of. I remember when you used to walk in, like there was the kind of the bar bit on your right, and then there was the game bit on your left. Now it's kind of this huge kind of. It seems like a hall, doesn't it? it opens right out onto the, um, yeah. onto yeah. the street. And uh, yeah, it's really cool, isn't it? Really yeah, cool. you sort of step into it, don't you? Whereas you do. before you kind of went up that little corridor and you yeah. were like, oh, there it is. But now it's like, whoa, it just opens up in front of you. <laughs> it's, it's a re- way, it really has opened up the space. And I know that's a, a really sort of Lawrence Lowell and Byrne thing to say. No. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, it, like, you walk in off the street and rather than going through a tunnel, and then coming out next to the bar, mm. you're you're out into the light of the the screens and the and the LEDs and the, it's just like I am in mm. the esports now. Mm. <laughs> the esports. <laughs> and, and we we should say we did. Uh, it was a Tuesday, so we did take part of the nerd quiz that happens every Tuesday. Uh, we didn't win. No. I feel like we've. Just cancel the podcast. We shouldn't be here. Yeah, there are better people, obviously. I but... mean, I got one question right, so let's not, <laughs> let's not throw, throw too many we, stones. <laughs> we, we did come second, though. Yeah, we yeah, come second. Sure. yeah, yeah. Um, and we won the best team name. We did have the best. That's team true. Name. And was it, was that you, Connor, and you and Leah? I think so. Yeah. I can't remember what I can't remember what it was about. The, the, it was it was Grand, Grand, Grand Theft Source Code. Oh yeah, it was. We were Grand Theft Source Code. Yeah. Reference to the Rockstar leak recently. Yeah, which I think that happened that morning or something. Yeah. yeah. Very so. topical, kind of. Uh, yeah, right. Journalist in you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was me. I <laughs> Speaking of which. Yep. Um, we we played at being journalists this month as well, didn't we, Connor? We did. Yeah. So um, as we mentioned, uh, I think we mentioned last month, it was the Treehouse's fifth birthday day celebration it was um which was really exciting and to celebrate uh we decided to run a big mega game yep yeah sure did um uh, watch the skies is something we've been eyeing up for quite some time and and by we you know i, I don't pretend to have any decision making power <laughs> over it but like it it's still pretty exciting ever since um uh, shut up and sit down which are i, I don't know they're just everyone's favorite um uh, board game uh, people on youtube because uh, <laughs> I don't know, no shade on anyone else, but they are the best. Um, <laughs> uh, but ever since they participated and did a video about it, it's just been something we've really, really wanted to do. Uh, Watch the Skies is a mega game uh, comprising like th- 35, 40 people, something like that. At least 40. Yeah. yeah um, and uh, uh, most players, we, we described it last month, but most players take on the role of a um, of a government, uh, government agent of a certain uh, nation. There are four people in a team and you are running your nation amongst the four of you um, you have a foreign minister you have a uh, secretary of defense you have a premier prime minister president uh, and then finally you have the uh, scientific uh, advisor or minister for science um, and uh, the those teams their job was to deal with the um, problem problems caused well, with, you know, humanitarian disasters, but mostly the fact that UFOs had just appeared over the Earth. Um, in tw- it was tw- it's set in 2011. 
mm-hmm. um, or sorry, it starts in 2011 and then 2012 happens and it's, you know, it's, it, it's really going off. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and they have to make lots of decisions. Meanwhile, that in another room, there is a team of aliens who are trying to achieve their own objectives and we don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, everyone is scrambling for information. Everyone's scrambling to get new technology out of the various things that are going on behind closed doors. There are so many different threads. They will have low giving each other like Nobel Peace Prize awards. <laughs> yeah, they were having like is. scientific developments. Yeah. There was there's, there's a lot going on, um, and it was kind of yeah, it was overwhelming. And I think we probably we were kind of at the core of that because we were tasked with um, being the journalists for we the were, game. We were the world's media. Yes, yeah, so we like produced a newspaper uh, at the start of every round. Every round was forty minutes long, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so it ended up being a very <laughs> small newspaper. It was um, still uh, four stories in 40 minutes oh, yeah, at least, yeah. uh, and we had to go out and get those stories yeah, get the interviews and we didn't just have the information um, fed to us we had to go out and pressure people into caving and giving us quotes that they didn't want to give us but that was the problem like, we'd find some like juicy stories like oh aliens exist that's a really juicy story <laughs> but then I'd have like you know the scientist from uh, the UK would be like no 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 you have to publish the fact that I had an argument with this person <laughs> or, like, I've given them a peace prize or we won like the, we won gold at the beach volleyball and the Olympics I'm like that's not going in my newspaper <laughs> when aliens are bombing bombing the world and so yeah but there was there was a lot going on it was, it was, it was great, great. And, and 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 like that's that's the core of the mega game is it's barely con- like, like contained chaos yeah. um the uh like my personal highlight was the fact that um i well, it was firstly, it was running a, a Twitter feed that was going up at the front of the room. So we had a, a constant stream of like little tweets that, yes. a, that, that kind of a media company might, be, might have, like headlines and things like that. Um, and then we'd distribute this newspaper. But I found out at the end that uh, like someone came up to me and said, by the way, you, dealing with you was by far the most daunting thing I had to do in the, I was the president <laughs> of Japan and dealing with you was the most daunting thing I ever had to do in this entire game it was like it was really really difficult um, and, and I was like yes <laughs> you know I've done my job. You're a, you're a head of state. You're supposed to be scared of me. Uh, I'm the media. Uh, it was it, it, it was it was really awesome, and it was it was kind of um, I've kind of I've kind of taken part in kind of smaller kind of things before, but that was definitely the biggest kind of mega game I've kind of played, and it was it, it, it was fantastic. So Jim, you 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 played quite a few mega games, right? Have you been involved with a few mega games before? We've done a few over the years. Yeah, we've done um, we've done some uh, L5R had a very good mega game. Uh, that we ran at Kote once that went very well and we did some spin-offs Paul was very good at making up crazy formats <laughs> so yeah and we've done a few um, different sorts but that I really I saw the pictures from that and I was impressed that people came dressed properly <laughs> dressed for the occasion yeah. I thought that was great you know when... the French were literally carrying baguettes with them I've, I've, got, to, I've, got, I've <laughs> got to give a shout out to the French team because yeah they were wearing berets they were wearing uh, horizontal stripes and they had 3D printed baguette um, like lapel pins um, which was which was phenomenal it adds to the fit when we used to do the pandemic survival events which mm-hmm. yes um, very meta got cancelled for a real pandemic <laughs> yeah. um, didn't help then though we used to dress in like white coats like scientists and stuff and put plastic up on the doors and, and it all adds to the feel it really and, does and even if the game isn't particularly narrative it, it just it adds to the whole mm. kind of um 
don't know, like a festival almost feel yeah, to what sure, you're doing, yeah. and that's a lot of fun. So. Yeah, and it was, and it was, it was, uh, it'll stay with me for for ages. And not only that, um, debriefing. There's a short debrief at the end of of Watch the Skies where you find out a few people get to give their their, their idea of the narrative of what went on. Mm-hmm. But I've been talking to people who play for for the last you know few days. Uh, whenever I've seen them and every single time I learn something new because you can't stay on top of everything we were the journalists well, jo- our job was to stay on top of everything <laughs> and yet we couldn't you know you can't keep a track of what 35, 40 people are doing in a room and neither can the control team right? the games masters as they were exactly. neither can they they have kind of they're just getting bits of information as well and just somehow the structure of it in place just allows that kind of that magic to happen I suppose um, and it is magic and that's the thing is I, I, I'm not sure I'm ever going to sort of like that'll, that'll live with me um, uh, and and I'm going to be finding out stories from that event yeah. for the next few weeks um, uh, little tiny micro narratives of people who were worried about this, but that never came to pass. Or, or um, here was the, the the snafu about the the trading block that went under. Yeah, uh, there's there's all, all those kind of little tiny things that nobody prepared for, nobody expected, um, but but came about anyway. And I think that was just like it's it's what an amazing day it was. So that was kind of one of the events that happened across September. Um, but now it's a new month, and there are lots of new exciting things coming up as well. One thing I'm really excited about um, is that the National Video Game Museum has uh, is going to be launching its new big exhibition um, this month, which is called The Art of Play. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I kind of I know a lot of people at the National Video Game Museum, um, so I'm kind of having sneak peeks, as it were, about what's going on. Um, but the, the Art of Play is basically a kind of uh, a look behind the screens or behind the scenes uh, how five specific video games are made and they kind of they're talking to the creators they've got a bunch of kind of archive material um those games that they're going to be looking at are monument valley if you ever played monument valley yes, it it's is, a yeah. fantastic kind of gorgeous puzzle game mm-hmm. um you kind play of, it's got a bit of an escher vibe that hasn't it yeah big time, okay, big time. Of, like ever going staircases and infinite stairs and things like that mm. I think we're also going to be looking at the Dizzy series, if you remember uh, the Dizzy uh, platformer games Absolutely. made by the Oliver Twins uh, in the 80s. Um, Yorkshire's very own Worms is going to be part of it. Uh, if you ever played Team 17's Worms, I know they, they do have a bunch of old Worms materials, including the original kind of machine that it was coded on, mm. um, which is really fun. Um, and, and a couple of games called No Longer Home and Lumino City. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of Lumino City. No, never. So I think it's like a point-and-click style game. Ooh, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, looks up. <laughs> What's really exciting about it is that Lumino City, they actually, all the levels and the kind of, uh, the, the, the scenery in the game was actually built physically, right? And then they videoed it and kind of you click around wow. the kind of the kind of video. Um, so uh, better off, you, I'm, not, I'm explaining it terribly. So you're better off kind of just Googling <laughs> Lumino City and kind of having a look at it. You can play it on most kind of, you know, touchscreen devices, I think. What's really cool though, is just kind of the scenery that they built for this game is actually going to be on display at the National Video Game That's Museum. amazing. So you can see the real, and they're huge, right? They're like three meters long, these kind of levels, all built, all, all made kind of like slight, small miniatures um, and incredibly detailed. And yeah, um, but that's that's one of the things. There's going to be a bunch of stuff that's part of, uh, there's going to be a part of Art to Play as well. Like I said, it's quite a large exhibition. Um, at, exhibition that this, that's going to be on but um yeah i know that's launching at the end of october probably in time for um october half time mm-hmm. I'm, I'm coming down for sure to see the um fantasy world dizzy uh book 
Um, I, 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 I've been on the website. I've had a book. <laughs> they're going to have they're going to have the original Oliver Twins um, book in which they drew the level layout to Fantasy World Dizzy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm going to have a look, look at it. It looks incredible. It's just on graph paper. I've seen. It. I've actually seen that piece. It's fantastic. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Um, uh, next up, uh, we have uh, over at Extra Life some changes going on. Firstly, um, they've got their alcohol license, um, <laughs> which means you can go down, play some, uh, play some of the newest consoles, play some of the newest games. They uh, or like my favourite thing to do some of the oldest games um, and just go go down and play stuff that I completely missed because I didn't have the right consoles but they got absolutely everything um, <laughs> it's the biggest collection of consoles and, and, and sort of uh, games that I've ever seen um, and also have a glass of wine uh, yeah <laughs> just like... crack, crack open a beer whilst playing on a Playstation 5 absolutely. or Xbox Series X because uh, you know, Mike's got everything so. yeah that's got everything um, hasn't he yeah, he yeah. Does, yeah. Um, <laughs> I also I want to I want to just um, uh, sneak in here and say it's a good time to become a member of uh, Extra Life mm. uh, Gaming Lounge because they are introducing a cover charge over there, which yeah. is uh, which is great. Um, uh, like it's that's going to really help um, like support the place. But mm-hmm. um, you can not pay that for thirty quid um, uh, a year, which yeah. is nothing for a year of playing loads of games. Such yeah. a good deal. Yeah. Imagine, like, remember when you used to go, like, rent video games, right? And you'd be yeah. like, okay, that's five pounds, you get it for two nights. Yep. And then you later, it's an extra five pounds. Oh, sorry. No, you just get 30 pounds, you get every game. Yep. That's it. You get every game. <laughs> every game there's ever been. Yeah, and it will, it will buy the new stuff as well. You know, any recommendations or any kind of, you know, things you might want, like, yeah, like I said, you'll probably be able to find it. I think you've even bought a lot of stuff like, oh, no, they found the, um, what's, oh, I can't even remember the game's name now. Oh, no, I'm forgetting everything now. Stop working at the museum. Um, but what's the mech game that was on Xbox and it has the big controller um, that's, like, got three actual mech pieces to oh, it? Oh, uh, I am, uh, some Steel Battalion. Steel Battalion, Steel mm. Battalion. Yeah, he has a Steel Battalion. You even got that out once. And those things are incredibly He's got fragile. a Steel Battalion? He's got a Steel Battalion with a full controller. And they're incredibly fragile and you kind of you need to be really careful with those because there's not many of them and they're big pieces of kit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like if you ask him, I'm sure you'll find you find you a Steel Battalion. Okay. I'm planning a new a trip. I wasn't I wasn't planning on going yeah. recently. So. Oh, I, I, I recommend just getting just finding the book for Steel yeah. Battalion because the book in the instruction book of how to use that <laughs> controller is like... Um, so I, I, you can't see because this is an audio format, but I've got my hands out and my hands are quite far apart. It's like, very... it's like, it's like um, <laughs> uh, one and a half Bibles. Um... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to learn how to play the video game. And like, like, that's before you even start, before you even turn your console on. Um, um, yeah. Uh, actually, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm not currently a member, but I'm going to be going and joining um, this month, I think. And this month's also, obviously, it is, it is, it's October, so it's definitely spooky season. Mm-hmm. And there's a few spooky things happening. I think actually, Jim, you mentioned that Patriot going to be running a, a spooky uh, werewolves event as well. We are, yes, on the 30th. Uh, uh, werewolves of Miller's Hollow event. Fantastic. So come down and pretend to be killed by a werewolf or <laughs> pretend to eat people as a werewolf. <laughs> I mean, either is good. Nice. One's probably more fun than the other, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I love a werewolf game, and particularly around, yeah, this time of year as well. It kind of just, it all it all works. Dress up, right? It's the 30th, yes. the day before. Oh, Oh, you gonna, <laughs> well, then that would give it away questions. in a hidden identity game. If you oh, okay. <laughs> what if you That's wear a, really good point. a normal hat and then uh, toward the end of the game you whip it off to reveal a pair of ears? <laughs> like, you're like, ha ha, it was me all along. But you only get to. It's, it is an investment in case, like, if you join the game and then you don't get to be the werewolf, then you're just sat in a hat and some ears for quite a while. But yeah, no the, imagine the payoff. 
Imagine the payoff. Uh, just, just think of how good it could go. And then... <laughs> And Matt, I think you mentioned the Treehouse are also doing a spooky werewolf-like as well. Not only are we doing a, a spooky werewolf-like, but we're doing it in the one of the spookiest places in Sheffield, uh, Sheffield Central Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, and Connor, you're going. <gasps> um, uh, I, I haven't, you know, uh, I have, I have arranged. I didn't get you a birthday present um, <laughs> last month. Uh, I have secured you a place because you, because <gasps> you've been talking about going to mm-hmm. uh, play mm-hmm. um, Blood on the Clock Tower mm-hmm. uh, for. Mm, three months now. Yep. And uh, well, every time you've had like the beginner session, I've genuinely <laughs> had something on. It's one of those ones that's clashed every time. Yeah, like yeah. I have one thing that I'm doing in the next fortnight, and it's half on the day. That I've, I've literally been when we've been planning this podcast. I've been going like, okay, so Patriot are doing it then, uh, Treehouse are doing it then. Am I going to be able to shuffle Connor towards one of them? Oh no, never mind. Um, but so this time, I've just gone and got a ticket for you. <laughs> so you you Amazing. are going on the 25th to Central Cemetery to play Blood on the Clock Tower. Exciting. Uh, I did actually get to play Blood and Cocktail as well for the first time. So I won't be a total <laughs> beginner, but I want to play a game because I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, it is, uh, we've talked about it before, um, it is like Werewolf, but with uh, everything thrown at it in, in, in multiple ways. Meets a D&D game, I think you said. Yeah, it's very popular. And uh, there's even now a Facebook group for Blood and Cocktail and North where people communicate when they're running games so people don't clash and ah, get together. So cool. it's that popular. We've, we've been running it quite frequently. How many copies are in Sheffield now, do you think? I don't know the answer to that. Not many. Yeah, I think it it might be three or four. It's quite a hefty price tag at yes. retail. And, and um, also it's hard to get your hands on. Yeah. Um, even now, it's it's not like, it's not super available. We have two guys that come down that have it. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony runs our main game um, and does a really good job. Uh, he's a very experienced D- uh, role player, and yeah. so and I think that helps. I think For that, sure, yeah. That Building kind of role play yeah. feel to it mm. definitely adds to the game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully the atmosphere will be um, uh, extra extra keen in in the cemetery. Mm-hmm. You'll have to let me know how that goes because you're not going to find me there. Oh my god, that's going to be terrifying. People are genuinely going to go missing as well. Anyway, uh, well, if I survive, hopefully I'll be back here for next month. But that's all we have for this month. So I'd like to thank all my co-hosts for kind of joining me here. Uh, Jim, whereabouts can people find you uh, day to day? I suppose we've already mentioned where, where the new, 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 new. Yeah, in in the shop, um, we we have the usual social media outlets. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a website which is largely invisible to the world, but um, we are having a new one made, so hopefully that'll be fixing. But um, yeah, otherwise in store. And if I'm not there, I have many employees who are much better at everything than I am that will be able to look <laughs> after you. So, Fantastic. Jade, whereabouts can people find you? You can find me at twitch.tv slash Noxbear um, or Twitter, which is at the Noxbear. Um, but I'd rather you went to ember.gg and had a little poke around there because that is uh, the app that we're all still working on mm-hmm. coming soon <laughs> <laughs> Matt where else can people find you online oh online well you can find me at Matt Speaks Words uh, on Twitter um, if you want to hear more of my voice then you can go over to at Lives a Pitch Show which is my podcast where we pitch the uh, best movies that will never get made based on titles that our audience give us so you can give us some insane titles uh, for movies that we then have to make a narrative out of um, if you want to listen to that that is soundcloud.com forward slash Lives a Pitch podcast um, if uh, you want to come to 
the Treehouse, which I really recommend you do, then uh, please come to uh, go to Treehouse Sheffield. Uh, we're on Boston Street, um, and uh, treehousesheffield.com uh, is where you want to go to look up everything there. We even have a, li a native head list of all our games, just in case you're worried we don't have your favourite. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go over there. Uh, do look ahead, because, you know, we do get full. Um, but, um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Ace, awesome, and you can find uh, me over on Twitter at, at @chronocleon or uh, working on stuff for Boundloaf and for Gang Beasts. So you can find Gang Beasts on, I know, every major digital and Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Uh, cool. Thank you all. I'll see you next month. Thanks for listening to the Sheffield Gaming Podcast. For more information on the Sheffield Games Collective, follow us over at Sheffield Gaming on Twitter, Sheffield Games on Instagram, and at our website, sheffield.games. Our incredible intro and outro were provided to us by Harley over at harleylikesmusic.com. Music.